Mobile, Alabama doesn't get the street cred of other historic southern tourism towns like Savannah, New Orleans, and Charleston. Perhaps it's the massive shipping industry that lends an industrial vibe to some. But consider that Mobile is as steeped in history as any of those towns. It was founded in 1702 by the French as the first capital of Louisiana, and it's host to a massive concentration of historic architecture. And even though New Orleans somehow became the Mardi Gras capital of the world, Mobile invented the Mardi Gras parade and has been running an organized Mardi Gras carnival longer than anyone else in the US. Its French Catholic colonial settlers celebrated this festival from the first decade of the 18th century. You could easily spend a week soaking in the Mobile area. We did that earlier this year. And on the outskirts of town, we found one attraction that rose above all the rest. 65 acres of year-round floral pageantry in a southern estate garden like no other. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the See America podcast. From coast to coast, we see America one mile at a time, discovering stops along the way that are eclectic, historic, ridiculous, breathtaking, inspiring, and humbling. This week, the Bellingrath Gardens and Home. This great destination is brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Road Trippers helps people discover the world around them in an entirely new way by streamlining discovery, planning, booking, and navigation. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. Though a native of Atlanta, Walter Duncan Bellingrath was raised in a small town of Castleberry, Alabama, where he got a start at age 17 with the Louisville and Nashville Railroad. His first job was as a station manager, and his duties included sending and receiving telegraph messages. In 1903, Walter and his older brother William heard about an opportunity to purchase a new franchise to sell bottled Coca-Cola in Southern Alabama. The franchise territory stretched down the Gulf Coast, and when it was determined that they should split the territory, Walter took Mobile since, as he later joked, he liked to fish. He covered the 100-mile radius territory single-handedly at first. It wasn't uncommon to see Bellingrath walking the train tracks between small towns because he lacked the train fare. His perseverance and warm personality won him many customers, and his hard work made him a tremendous success. By the time the United States became involved in World War I, Bellingrath's Coca-Cola Bottling Company was a major business operation in Mobile. Bessie Mae Morse's early interest was in the arts, but practicality led her to be a stenographer. Her last job was with the Mobile Coca-Cola Bottling Company. She married its owner, Walter Bellingrath, in November of 1906. 
The Mobile Coca-Cola Bottling Company became one of the most successful in the United States, and Walter Bellingrath's business interests grew to many companies and boards in the Mobile area as he strived to provide for his adopted hometown. Success, compounded by sugar shortage during the war, took its toll on Bellingrath's health. In 1917, he was advised by his physician to buy a fishing camp overlooking the Fowl River, which flows into the Mobile Bay. He'd been admiring it, and it would balance his hectic work schedule with the need for rest and relaxation. He completed the purchase two years later. By this time, the Bellingrath's home in Mobile on Ann Street was known for its beautiful garden, which the couple graciously allowed drivers to enjoy during the spring. The collection of azaleas was the city's largest, and Mrs. Bellingrath began bringing cuttings down to her husband's fishing camp, which had been named Bell Camp. The conditions were ideal, and each spring, the collection became more spectacular, until the property turned into an elaborate estate that the Bellingraths would make their home. With the history of this new Bellingrath address, here's broadcast legend Barry Silverman, known as the Voice of Mobile. The elegant Bellingrath home, completed in 1936, embodies its owner's vision, a grand estate house that blends seamlessly into the beautiful setting of Bellingrath Gardens. But the gardens came first. In 1917, Mobile's first Coca-Cola bottler, Walter Bellingrath, purchased an old fishing camp on Fowl River for use as a summer retreat. His wife, Bessie, an avid gardener, enhanced the property, known as Bell Camp, with azaleas, camellias, and other flowering plants. In 1927, the Bellingraths, inspired by the estate gardens they saw on a trip to Europe, hired architect George B. Rogers to transform the camp into a lavish garden over 65 acres. As the gardens were developed, their reputation grew as well. On April 7, 1932, the Bellingraths invited the public to visit the gardens, and an estimated 4,700 arrived, creating one of the county's worst traffic jams. Amazed by the response, the Bellingraths decided to open the gardens from January to May, charging a 50-cent admission. However, this plan wasn't feasible. Although close to the public signs were affixed to highway signs in May, the crowds ignored them. In 1934, the Bellingraths announced that the gardens would be open year-round. They also decided to spend more time on Fowl River and less time at their home in Mobile. At the time, most roads were unpaved, so a trip to the gardens for Mobile was an all-day affair. The Bellingraths and their guests had been staying in two cabins that remained from the original fishing camp. In 1934, the couple hired the garden's architect, George Rogers, to create a permanent home. Rogers, a well-known architect along the Gulf Coast, set about designing a modern house with a classic historic feel. As plans for the home took shape, Rogers and Mr. Bellingrath were both adamant that as many trees as possible should be preserved during construction. The east facade of the Bellingrath home was constructed against a mature oak tree, giving the impression that a sapling had grown up beside the house. Large trees were left in place on the east terrace to give it shade and a look of maturity. 
But it was not just trees that would give the new home a look of age. Recycled bricks, cast iron, and paving stones enhanced the exterior, which Rogers described as a mingling of French, English, and Mediterranean influences. Most of the bricks at Bellingrath were salvaged from an unusual house at 201 Government Street in Mobile, designed in 1852 by cotton broker Murray Forbes Smith. By the mid-1930s, Mobile's Government Street had become commercialized, and the home was demolished. Rogers had stacks of the handmade bricks carted down to Bellingrath Gardens to construct the 10,500-square-foot home. A distinct architectural element along the Gulf Coast was iron lace, or cast iron, which was often made in Philadelphia and shipped south in the 1850s to adorn new and existing buildings. Rogers incorporated cast iron into the Bellingrath home. In 1934, Sears Roebuck announced plans to demolish Mobile's Southern Hotel, built in 1837. The corner building of the hotel was surrounded by cast iron galleries, which were carefully removed and brought to Bellingrath Gardens before the wreckers arrived. The ironwork was reassembled onto the new Bellingrath home to create galleries, balconies, and railings on the porches and corridors. The cast iron columns from the Southern Hotel were placed on the northeast corner of the home surrounding its dining porch. The central courtyard and colonnade are paved with flagstones that once surrounded the southwest corner of Government and Claiborne Streets in Mobile. The pavers had come from England as ballast for ships in the first half of the 19th century. The Bellingraths paid for their removal and replacement with concrete to the delight of Mobile city officials. Rogers added a Mediterranean element with a central courtyard, fountain, and pool. The fountain has colorful faience tiles, produced by the Rookwood Company of Cincinnati, Ohio. Centered in the wall is a figure of a boy astride a spouting dolphin, which can be found in Rookwood's catalog as early as 1912. Rogers, an avowed Anglophile, also wanted the home to reflect aspects of an English country house. A small but very British detail is the use of lead drain heads atop downspouts. The Bellingrath downspouts are all topped with monogrammed drain heads, dated 1935. Materials within the home were selected for their durability as well as their look of age. The center work table in the kitchen was topped with honed slabs of Alabama marble, quarried in Sylacauga. Walter Bellingrath's name is synonymous with Coca-Cola, but he had other business interests in Mobile, including the National Mosaic Tile Company, which produced adamant tile, known as a high-grade cement flooring tile. Rogers used adamant tile throughout the floors of the kitchen areas and porches on the first floor. The kitchen has a cream-colored tile bordered with a classic black Greek key pattern. The dining porch has a bold mosaic pattern, the home was completed in 1936, and in 1956, according to Mr. Bellingrath's wishes, the house was formally opened to the public, filled with Mrs. Bellingrath's beautiful collections and antique furnishings. The home is maintained to look as it did when the couple used it. The Bellingrath's vision 
realized by Rogers' expert blending of old and new architectural styles, resulted in an elegant home that continues to welcome visitors today. It's a fitting memorial to its owners, who enjoyed sharing their beautiful garden retreat with the world. As the home grew, so did the garden, which feels like a very underrepresentative term for it. It's a 900-acre property, 65 of which are gardens a rose garden, an Asian-American garden, formal garden terraces, and more. Mrs. Bellingrath was an avid collector, though, both of art and decor for the home, but also of plants. Sometimes her choice to collect something was driven more by her concern for the person selling it. With more, here's Abigail Trebu. Mrs. Bellingrath had a keen interest in antiques and collected from New Orleans to New York. As the Depression worsened, she used her love of collecting to help provide for those in need while helping them keep their heads up. She was always ready to purchase an item brought to her porch in a car laden with children, paying top dollar for the so-called family treasure, even if it had little value. Antique dealers along famed Royal Street in New Orleans had very few customers during the Depression, and they saved their very best for the lady from Mobile, who never quibbled over price. One dealer once admitted that when Mrs. Bellingrath arrived, prices doubled, but she never complained. She knew that her purchase might be their only sale of the week. She had a great interest in her nieces and nephews, taking delight in her grandnieces and grandnephews as they visited. When one nephew admonished his young son for picking up one of his aunt's breakables, she overruled him. Let him enjoy it, she said. If it breaks, he breaks it. Don't worry about it. Her household staff recalled her as always asking about their families and quietly handing out $20 bills for small tasks completed, the equivalent of over $200 today. She offered to go to a dealership to help one young butler buy a car so he would not have to share a ride to work, and he was astounded when she paid for the car in full. Bessie Bellingrath died suddenly in 1943 at the age of 64. The Catholic bishop was called to console Walter and to ask permission for a group of nuns to say a prayer as a way of thanks for all that she had done for them. As the couple had been Presbyterian, this surprised Bellingrath. He had no idea that she had been sending flowers to the Catholic Providence Infirmary every week for years. The staff had been instructed to place fresh flowers in anyone's room who did not have flowers sent by family or friends. Walter wanted the home and gardens to live on in Bessie's honor, so he created the Bellingrath Morse Foundation to maintain the property and keep it open to the public indefinitely. I shall always think of you wandering through a lovely garden like that which you fashioned with your own hands, where flowers never fade and no cold wind of sorrow blights our hopes and plans. And on your face, the peace of one whose whole life through walked with God, your devoted husband. Today, the foundation continues that promise, 
keeping this unique icon for the Gulf Coast region and its thousands of exquisite plants and flowers thriving every day of the year. If you go, you can walk the gardens at your own pace or add on a tour of the home for an additional fee. It's a striking way to spend an afternoon any day of the year, admiring the self-made success of one humble man and the tireless generosity of one splendid woman. The holiday season is a particularly special time to visit as you can stroll through a dazzling display which features 1,100 set pieces, 3 million lights, and 15 scenes throughout the 65-acre garden estate. In addition, the Bellingrath home is decorated in its holiday finery and enhanced with beautiful poinsettias. The event includes nightly choral performances on the south terrace of the home. They call it Magic Christmas and Lights, and it was named by USA Today last year as one of the 10 best botanical holiday light displays in the country. This episode of See America was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, with narration by Abigail Trebu and Barry Silverman, provided by the Bellingrath Gardens and Home Foundation. If you like the show, we'd love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also like to invite you to join the See America podcast on Instagram and Facebook and join the See America Facebook group, where we chat about some of America's great road trip destinations. If you're a national park lover, we hope you'll also check out the America's National Parks podcast or come listen to Abigail and me talk about our life on the road with our three boys on the RV Miles podcast. This great destination was brought to you by Road Trippers. America's number one road trip planning app. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com. Then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. Mm-hmm.